This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. To support The Quest and being able to produce more local programming, please visit thequestatlanta.com and click the donate button. Thank you for your generosity. We hope you enjoy the Book of Esther podcast series. This podcast is brought to you by Proclaim My Word in partnership with AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio. I'm Linda Scharnhorst here with Carrie Allen, founder of Proclaim My Word and Annie Porter, Quest production manager. You might have heard me before as a guest host on The Quest. Throughout this series, I'm here like you, our listeners, as a Bible study student. I strongly believe that any time spent Breaking Open the Word of God is time well spent, and we thank you for joining us on this exciting journey through the scriptures. The title of this study is Be Who God Created. And during this study, together, we're going to travel back to Persia, become acquainted with some very intriguing characters, with some really hard names to pronounce, I might add, (laughs) and tackle questions, very challenging ones, about living out our faith in the here and now. We know that the Word of God is transforming. So buckle your seatbelts and get ready to encounter the Lord through his word. Our destination is simply to be who God created. So let's turn to the Lord in prayer using the prayer found in your workbook. Carrie, will you open the podcast by leading us in the prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I desire to know you, to love you, and to serve you. Always be with me, Lord. Open my heart to hear and live your word today and every day. Help me to keep your word forever in my heart so my personal relationship with your son, Jesus Christ, will grow deeper. I pray for the wisdom and the courage to proclaim the gospel with confidence so others will be led to you and your gift of salvation. Let the light of my love for you be seen so that others will be drawn to your love and mercy. May I have the wisdom to do your will and to follow you on earth as my Lord and Savior until I return to you. Thank you, Lord, for all the many ways you continue to bless me and those I love. Prepare me for whatever the future may bring. Help me daily to walk by faith and not by sight, ever willing to proclaim your word and your marvelous deeds. Bless me with faith and courage to trust and obey you at all times. When I walk through dark valleys, give me the grace to know that you are always with me and always hear my prayers. Help me to persevere, Lord, as I wait with hope to spend eternity with you. My trust is in you, Jesus, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you, Carrie. You're welcome. So, Carrie, can you believe we're here? I mean, starting this podcast on the Book of Esther, it's it's really quite amazing. Wow, no, I can't. It's, it is so exciting. And um, we have seen, definitely seen God's hand over this Bible study co- podcast. It's truly a blessing to be together, to embark on this journey with all of those listening. 
for, for all of you who we have been praying for. Mm-hmm. So please know that there have been many people joining Linda and me in praying for you. So if you are wondering how in the world you ended up listening at this moment, God has a plan for you. And he has chosen you to be with us for this podcast because we believe he has a message just for you. Yeah, Carrie, you're so right. And yes, we've been praying and we have a lot of people joining us in those prayers and God's hands in many prayers have been all over this. Uh, Before we begin with some background information about Esther, let's talk a little bit about Proclaim My Word. Okay. Would you tell us when and why you began Proclaim My Word? Sure. Uh, I started Proclaim My Word about seven years ago. But I began presenting Bible studies over 20 years ago at the Cathedral of Christ the King in Atlanta, when there wasn't a lot available for a Catholic Bible study. So I felt like I was called to begin creating my own Bible studies with the purpose of helping people not just learn about the Bible, but to help them live the Bible in their daily life. In other words, not to to know the Bible just for information, but the Bible is truly meant for transformation. And I could see the difference it was making in people's lives. So I knew there had to be a need mm-hmm. for a Catholic Bible study to, to teach people how to live his word on a daily basis. Yeah, and I think the point you made, transformation, not just information, right. I think is really good. And I know in this study, we're going to be talking about assignments mm-hmm. that God mm-hmm. gives each of us. I guess that you could say that Proclaim My Word was one of your assignments, right? I I guess you could, yes. (laughs) Yes, Yes. I have to ask you about what the listeners just heard in the opening music. Mm -hmm. Besides being a great tune that I find myself singing spontaneously, the lyrics (laughs) seem to be very meaningful, right? Right. Know my word, live my word, proclaim my word. I'm guessing the order is not strictly alphabetical. There's some meaning to the order, right? Right. Well, first of all, uh, I just want to say, a very faith-filled and talented friend of mine came up with that lyric, Mary Rogers. Mm -hmm. And if you live in Atlanta, you're familiar with Mary's awesome voice and talent. Absolutely, yes. um, I love the music also, Linda, and it, it is alphabetical, but more than that, it really represents what I have seen in the lives of people who are studying the Bible over the past several years. Sometimes... It can be hard for some of us to grasp that the Bible is truly the Word of God. But when you do, then you have a desire to really know it. Once we get familiar with the words on the page, then the words start to come alive to us. And because the Word of God can be so transforming, we naturally start seeing where our lives are in harmony with His Word or maybe where it's not in harmony with the Word of God and where we have room to grow. And the the Word of God will help us grow, that's for sure. It's like a seed underneath the ground that is getting watered and fed, and then it starts to shoot upwards. Once that happens, we can't help but share, or in other words, proclaim His Word. It's truly miraculous what the Word of God can do in our lives. I love that picture of the shooting up through the grounds. Mm -hmm, Yeah, mm -hmm. sometimes it seems like our our lives are kind of dry and really in need of (laughs) some some new growth, right? Right. Yeah, so I guess it definitely when you said it's truly miraculous, I think that we could all kind of use 
a lot of miracles in our lives, Leo. Absolutely. uh, But before we move ahead, Carrie, I'm curious, and I think our listeners would also like to know, how do you go about determining what specific book of the Bible to study at a certain time? Well, Linda, it's very simple. I just begin praying about it and asking the Holy Spirit to guide me to the right book that he would like for me to produce and present as a Bible study. Then I just kind of wait and see what kind of inspiration I might get from the Holy Spirit. And and what's so interesting is that he always leads me to the perfect book to study for that particular time. It's just amazing. Whatever the message in the book, it's the one we need to hear at that time. And I have no doubt that the book of Esther is perfectly timed. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree, Carrie. And I think relying on the Holy Spirit sounds like a great plan of how to pick a book. But have you personally ever questioned to what book he was leading you? Well, (laughs) funny you should ask that. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, I have. And that's a funny story. Once when I was uh, praying about what to do next, what study uh, uh, the Holy Spirit wanted me to do next, The book that came to me was the book of Daniel, but I wasn't really sure that was from the Holy Spirit or not. And if I was going to be truthful, I would say that I really didn't want to do Daniel at the time. And it's a hard one, too. (laughs) Right. And so I just started questioning whether that was really from him or not. Mm -hmm. So um, I continued to pray about it, and I kind of put it in the back of my mind. During this time, while I was trying to discern what book to study, I went and got a manicure, something I very rarely do. But there was a special occasion coming up that I was going to be uh, attending, and I just, you know, wanted to look nice. So I went to the salon. They showed me hundreds of nail polish colors from which to select one. And I chose the one that I wanted for them to use. Mm -hmm. And so I gave it to the woman. When she was finished with my manicure, I said, I really like that color. Can I buy a bottle of it? And she said, well, here, you can have this one. So she very kindly gave me a a bottle of nail polish. I thanked her, and I wanted to see the name of the color so I could remember it. So I turned it over, and it said, Daniel. (laughs) I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I bet you couldn't. (laughs) And I laughed out loud, and I said to myself, okay, Holy Spirit, I got your message. And the next study was Daniel. (laughs) You know, I've told that story before to people, and they thought I was just making it up, so they didn't believe me. I had to actually show them the actual bottle of nail polish called Daniel before they believed that that really happened. I understand why. So I got to ask, I bet the color was red for the fiery furnace. (laughs) It should have been. So for the men out there listening, Carrie, who are hearing about manicures and wondering if the book of Esther... Uh, you know, Bible study is for mm-hmm, them, given mm-hmm. it's named after a woman. What would you say to them listening now? Well, if women only read books of the Bible named after women, we would miss all the Gospels and actually the whole New Testament for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of doesn't make sense, does it? No, it doesn't. But seriously, we'll see that the book of Esther contains two strong male figures who represent both good and evil. All of us 
can learn something useful and fascinating from this book. I agree with you, Carrie. I really do that there's there's the characters are so strong mm-hmm. and have mm-hmm. so much to teach us. Uh, just like the word of God, it always comes back. Um, so earlier, though, you said that the Holy Spirit leads you to the book that has a message people need to hear in that moment at that particular right. time. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you think in this introduction? I want to cover this. What do you think is the message in Esther that people need to hear right now with everything going on in our lives and our church and the greater mm-hmm. world today? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's a great question, and I believe that answer is found in one verse, which is in uh, chapter 4, verse 14, Mm -hmm. in the book of Esther. When Mordecai says to Esther, who knows but that you were created for such a time as this? Yeah. Who knows Mm -hmm. but that you were created for such a time as this? Here, Esther is being told by her uncle Mordecai, to set her own interests aside because she was created and chosen for that certain time in history to help save Israel. You and me have also been chosen and created for such a time as this. God has put us here at this particular time because we have a purpose and we have an assignment from him. Say that again, Carrie. You and me have been chosen and created for such a time as this. God has put us here at this particular time because we have a purpose and an assignment. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is why it's important to be who God created. If you don't know who that person is and why he created you, ask him. You don't know who you might help save. But your faith, your actions, and your prayers are needed right now at this time. Like Esther, you also have a special assignment that is especially tailored just for you. Tony Evans, a minister and a preacher, once said, To miss your kingdom assignment because you have become too caught up in your personal kingdom itself is the greatest tragedy you could ever face. Mm. Let me repeat that. Please. To miss your kingdom assignment because you have become too caught up in your personal kingdom itself is the greatest tragedy you could ever face. That's such a great quote from Tony Evans at Carrie. And I think that I can speak for our listeners when I say that I believe none of us want to miss our assignment. Right. Right. But we could all use some help recognizing it. Right. And yeah. and then even once we recognize it, having the courage to step forward into that assignment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the book of Esther will help you do just that. That's good. That's good. Then we're on the right book and the, the Holy Spirit led uh, us the right way. Yep, we're on the right track. <laughs> Before we dive into some of the key background information on the book of Esther, Carrie, I want to alert our listeners to a very powerful resource that is available to everyone. And that is the Be Who God Created Bible Study Workbook. So Carrie, would you please tell us a little bit about that? Yes, this is um, free and available to all who register at ProclaimMyWord.org. And let me repeat that website again. It's ProclaimMyWord.org. So if you navigate to our current study, the book of Esther, you will be, once you register, you will be sent the link to the workbook. 
So we highly encourage you to take advantage of this free resource. Once you have downloaded the workbook, then you can follow along with us as we go through each lesson. It would be helpful if you answered the questions in the workbook if you are able to. Okay, yes. And we also suggest too, right, Carrie, that you read through the entire book of Esther initially. Yeah, I think that's good. You want to get an overview and just, um, it's very short compared to some other books in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I think we should start with a prayer asking the Holy Spirit to help you discern the message, what God what the messages God has for you, and then go ahead and read the book right, of Esther. Right, it's, all, it's very important to always pray and ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance before you start reading the Word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't um, get caught up in your own opinion or yeah. misinterpretation. The personal kingdom. The personal kingdom, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So uh, we do suggest that you read through it once to get an overall sense of the story. There's a prologue at the beginning of every lesson in the workbook that will help give you a preview of the chapters that you'll be discussing. And just in case you miss the website, go to ProclaimMyWord.org, ProclaimMyWord.org, and register for the Book of Esther Bible Study, and you will be sent the link on how you can download your personal copy. And then also, Carrie, I think it's important for our listeners to know that you can do this study either on your own by answering the questions in the workbook, and then listening to our podcast. Or you can meet with a small group virtually or in person or maybe with your family in your own home and then discuss the questions amongst yourselves. Like for me, I know I I love community, love it. But for me, I love taking my Bible study workbook with me to the Adoration Chapel Mm -hmm. and sitting with the Lord while I complete each lesson. It's sort Mm -hmm. of just such a peaceful time and I feel the the Lord really speaks to me in that setting. Uh, In total... There'll be six podcasts, so starting with this introduction, and then there'll be five more, which will be labeled Lessons 1 through 5, and that all follows what's in the workbook. If you miss a lesson, no need to worry. We will have all the prior podcasts available on the questatlanta.com website, the questatlanta.com website, or on the Quest Atlanta apps under programs. So definitely good suggestion is to bookmark the questatlanta.com or download the Quest Atlanta app. Any way you desire to participate, podcast only, or podcast and workbook, or alone, or in a group, you're going to be blessed. Absolutely. That is so true, Linda. God will bless whatever effort you make, no matter how small or how large. Oh, that's good. Okay, so I think it's a good time also too, to let our listeners know that both Proclaim My Word and AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio, rely on donations. Mm-hmm. For those who are able and would like to make a free will offering, uh, please share how they can do that, Carrie. Okay, you can go to the website, proclaimmyword.org and uh, make a donation. Every donation helps ensure that we will be able to produce more Bible studies in the future. And if the Lord has blessed you, please consider being a blessing to others by making a financial donation. Proclaim my word. Uh, We're committed to proclaiming God's word, and that is why we provide all these resources at no cost. We never want anyone's financial situation to keep them from participating. And we trust the Lord to provide others who are blessed and want to bless others. Your donation will help us evangelize and help lead people to the truth, the real truth only found in God's word. 
Well, Carrie, thank you for taking on the assignment to start Proclaim My Word. You're welcome. Um, this seems like a great time to maybe transition and jump into our studies now that we've got some of the housekeeping items mm-hmm. uh, done. And would you please provide us some of the background details on the book of Esther Gist started? Place, time, what's going on? Okay. <laughs> well, first of all, the author of this book is unknown. It was most likely written in the 3rd or the 2nd century B.C., Some Jewish and Christian scholars suggest that Mordecai, Esther's uncle and guardian, was in the best position to record the events. Esther's story takes place during the Persian Empire, formerly known as Mesopotamia, the area around modern-day Iraq and Iran. Most of these events take place at the king's palace in Susa, which is the capital of Persia. To give a little historical context on how Esther and the Jewish people ended up living in Persia, we have to go back to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, who conquered the city of Jerusalem and led the people of Jerusalem into exile to live in Babylon in 586 BC. Almost 50 years later, the Persian ruler Cyrus the Great conquered Babylonia and he gave the Jewish people permission to return to their homeland in Jerusalem and rebuild the city. Although many of the Jews did indeed return to the promised land, a number of them preferred to remain behind, and they settled in the Persian Empire led by King Ahasuerus. So that's how Esther, her uncle Mordecai, and some of the other Jews ended up in Persia. And although this book is named after a woman, and she is clearly the heroine, her uncle Mordecai is also one of the heroes in the book. Absolutely. Because he played a major role in helping save Israel. Mordecai was a faithful and pious Jew who raised Esther after the death of her parents. He looked after Esther and encouraged her to be who God created her to be. Esther's story is still commemorated today by the Jewish Feast of Purim, which usually takes place in February or March as a reminder to God's people of his faithfulness by once again saving them. Carrie, so I'm going to interrupt you a moment. Mm So I would be remiss if I did not make a comment on the rather challenging pronunciations in this book. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm one person, I can get distracted by certain things while I'm reading. So, you know, Talking about the antagonists, I guess, or in the book, um, we have Haman, uh, Haman, Haman, <laughs> you know, depending, you know, he's one of the main characters, but we have like right. multiple ways that you can pronounce his name. It's easy to get distracted like me by a certain pronunciation, but I would encourage our listeners to remember that regardless of the specific pronunciation, mm-hmm. the important thing is to learn the lessons of this book, no matter how we pronounce a certain name. And some of the main characters have multiple names to boot. So our heroine, Esther's original Hebrew name was Hadassah. Hopefully Mm -hmm. I'm saying that Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) Carrie, can you tell us what that name means and why her name was changed to Esther? Well, Hadassah is a girl's name in Hebrew. And it means myrtle, bride, and star. Throughout history, the word myrtle was a symbol of beauty, love, divine presence, peace, prosperity, 
and promise. Carrie, I literally just read like last week that Myrtle is due for a comeback, that it was really big in the early 1900s, one of those popular oh, names. Isn't that interesting? And things go in trend. So it's another okay. good timing. So we'll start hearing more Myrtles. Exactly. Up. Well, uh, she was given, later given the name of Esther when she exiled to Persia to keep her Jewish identity from being known to the Persians. It was a name in Persia that meant star. It could have been derived from the name of the Near Eastern goddess Ishtar. But in Hebrew, the word star meant to hide or conceal. I think that's an important theme that Mm -hmm. just, it's good to, uh, that we cover it just for a second before people start doing the overview reading of Esther. Because we'll see that there is a lot that is hidden and concealed throughout the entire book of Esther. Um, Even like you just mentioned, Esther being Jewish or the relationship between Mordecai and Esther, that was absolutely concealed Mm -hmm. from the rest of the characters. Why do you think it's important for us to be studying and trying to live the message in the book of Esther today? Well, I think it's important because Esther, I believe, through Esther, I believe that God is reminding us that he is right here with us, here and now, and that he is always at work protecting and saving us, his children, even in subtle and unseen ways. Even when we are aware of it or we're not aware of it, he always has our back. And I truly believe that he wants from each one of us right now is trust. He wants us to trust him no matter what. No matter what we see or hear happening in our lives or in the world, he wants us to know that he's in control. Esther also reveals God's enduring love and mercy for his children and his care and protection for his people and for us today. The message in this book should encourage us to resist the forces of evil and untruths, the lies that we hear in our world today, and to seek God, to seek his truth, and to trust that he is in control, no matter what we see or what we hear. Esther and Mordecai demonstrate how to resist evil and how critical it is to intercede for one another by prayer and fasting. Absolutely, Carrie, I agree. The prayer and fasting is a big component that we'll learn here. Mm -hmm. And even if we've known it before, I think it'll really make an impact. Mm -hmm. I also understand that there are two versions of Esther. Would you please tell us a little bit about that? Right, there are two versions. And Esther is interesting because, um, as you mentioned, those two versions, the first one is an older Hebrew version And the next one is a Greek version. And the Greek version designates the chapters not by using numbers, but by using the letters A through F. And so for the purposes of this study, we will be primarily referencing the New American Bible translation to make it easier to follow along. I think that's a good point, Carrie, that you bring up about the New American translation, what translation for Mm -hmm. the book of Esther. I have a funny story about the translation of the book of Esther. Mm -hmm. Years ago, I was doing a Bible study on this exact book, and I was traveling quite a bit. And I would bring my Bible and the workbook with me on the airplane. 
As a side note, if you want to make the person sitting beside you on the plane either totally ignore you or keep to themselves, then just pull out your Bible (laughs) in an airplane. But if you want your neighbor on the plane to start asking you about God, then Uh also pull out your Bible and you don't know what you get, right? But back to the story. I was heading back to Atlanta and the plane was in its descent when the person across the aisle struck up a conversation that we we knew each other, knew mutual people. As I deplaned and immediately realized that I forgot my Esther Bible study workbook on the plane. I tried to get it back, but it just wasn't to be. It was long gone by the time I turned around. I was so disappointed as I had been sensing something was missing during the study. Mm -hmm. And I was really looking forward to finishing it to see it all come together. And that night I prayed one of those real prayers. I said, (laughs) I said, really, God, what could possibly be the purpose of that study getting thrown away? And then Next thought I had that went through my mind, read the book. So I did. I did, you know, I, I happened to have in my home the New American translation. And the parts where I sensed something was missing were, to my surprise, the fervent prayers of Esther and Mordecai. I oh, had, that's awesome. Yeah, I had no idea at the time that certain books in the Bible, like Esther, Daniel, contained additional chapters in the Catholic version. Mm-hmm. But God taught me something by allowing that very frustrating situation. So, Carrie, back to this. So, what is the main difference between the two versions of Esther? Well, in the Hebrew version, you'll notice something very unusual. There are no divine names or titles used. In other words, God is not mentioned even once in the Hebrew version. But that doesn't mean he isn't present with his people. It also doesn't mean that he doesn't know what's going on and that he doesn't have their backs. Mm -hmm. And just because you may not feel God's presence in your life, in your family, in your nation, or in your world, it doesn't mean he's not there. It doesn't mean that he doesn't hear you, and it doesn't mean he isn't working for your good. But this is when your faith in him is critical. When you feel his presence the least, just trust and know that he is there with you. Be still and just know that he's there. It's also important to remember that no matter what happens, he has your back. He has a plan for you. Just as it says in Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found. That's beautiful. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. Take those words to heart as we study this book. God wants to hear from you, and and you will find him right there in your circumstance. He wasn't hiding when the lives of the Jewish people were in danger, and he's not hiding from you and me today. It's important to remember that he is right there with you during the good times and during the difficult times. Now, that being said, in the Greek additions to Esther, there are several references to God. Again, the Greek editions are referenced by the letters A through F in your Bible. 
and the regular chapter is is uh, designated by numbers from one to ten in the Hebrew text. Yep. So, Carrie, what else can you tell us about Esther? Well, Esther is one of probably the most courageous characters in the Bible. Uh, she lived in a culture when women had no standing in the community and were basically considered the property of their husbands, their fathers, brothers, and even sons. She was a young Hebrew orphan living under the Persian emperor, King Hazarus. This meant that she had even fewer rights than the Persian women. So clearly, she had a lot stacked up against her. But with the help of Mordecai, her uncle, she believed that God had a plan for her, a plan that included her willingness and courage to risk her life and obey his will to save his people. As we go through this study, please remember, God has a plan. He had one for Esther, and he has one for you and me. This is why it's so important to conform your will to his will, just as Esther courageously did, not just to save herself, but to help save those that don't know about God's love, that don't know about his grace and his mercy. So, as we will see in our upcoming podcast, Esther, a young girl and possibly even a teenager, was recruited to be part of the king's harem because of her beauty. God gave her the gifts, not only of beauty, but also of humility. She needed to do his will, and although fearful for her life, she used those gifts to bless and save his people. God has also given you gifts to do his will. So the question is, will you use your gifts to bless and help save his children? Will you be who he created you to be? It's a question that we can ask ourselves each and every day, especially as we go through this study. So Carrie, that's really great. Will you be who he created you to be? Mm -hmm. So Question, Mm -hmm. what about when you believe God is asking you to do something that you don't have the experience nor the qualifications? Well, I love that question. Um, God will never ask you to do something without giving you the grace you need to do it. I'm going to repeat that because it's very important. Mm -hmm. God will never ask you to do something without giving you the grace you need to do whatever he's asking you to do. And you may tell yourself, but I'm not qualified to do what he's asking me to do. And that's okay. Esther wasn't qualified either. She was just a young Hebrew girl recruited for the king's harem. God gave her the grace to do what he was asking her to do. There's a saying that you've probably already heard, and you probably heard me say it many times. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Mm. Let's look at it this way, Linda. When you or I aren't qualified, you can't take credit for what he accomplishes through you. You see, then all the credit goes to God. As the Christian author Elizabeth George said, an ordinary woman or man who makes themselves available to an extraordinary God 
can do amazing things for God. I want to repeat that. An ordinary woman or man who makes themselves available to an extraordinary God can do amazing things. Believe it or not, you and I and everyone listening can do amazing things for God. Esther was that ordinary young girl, as I said, possibly a teenager, who made herself available to an extraordinary God. Yeah, Carrie, so I, I definitely you saying that the way you just said it, but also I've heard there are many similarities between the Blessed Virgin Mary right. and Esther. That's right. Can you tell us what those similarities might be? Well, I think the best way to show the comparison between Mary and Esther is I'd like to quote Bishop Frederick Justus Necht and what he said some 90 years ago. Esther is a type of the ever-blessed Virgin Mary. Esther, on account of her beauty, was raised from her lowest state to be queen. Mary, on account of the beauty of her pure and humble heart, was raised to be the mother of the Redeemer, and afterward, Queen of Heaven. Esther alone was exempted from the king's severe law. Mary alone is exempted from the curse of original sin. Esther, adorned in splendid garments, went before the king, prayed for her people, and was heard. Mary, the Queen of Heaven, radiant with virtues and merits, goes before the throne of God to intercede for her people. I love that quote, Carrie. I oftentimes read the Magnificat Mm -hmm. prayer before going to bed. And as I listen to the quote you just read, I um, cannot help but see the similarities that you just referenced. Before we move ahead to the Proclaim My Word unplug section, would you please uh, read the Magnificat for us? Sure, I'd be happy to. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness. Behold, from now on will all ages call me blessed. The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age to those who fear him. He has shown might with his arm. Disperse the arrogant of mind and heart. He has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. He has helped Israel, his servant, remembering his mercy, according to his promise to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Thank you, Carrie. And again, that's uh, from Luke uh, chapter 1, verses 46 to 56, the Magnificat. Mm -hmm, That's beautiful. It is. So at this time, for our listeners, I want to let you know that in each of the upcoming podcasts, we're going to have a section called Proclaim My Word Unplugged. So we want to make sure, like we just did, kind of give you the background about the story. But we also have a time where just in the discussion that Carrie and I just had, I sort of have free reign to be able to ask her whatever I want, (laughs) (laughs) what we just heard. And uh, we'll see how she does. (laughs) So um, I I have a couple things that came to mind. And just when you read the Magnificat, um, the arrogant of mind and heart. Mm -hmm. And we talked a little bit of Esther, a little bit about Mordecai. But I think arrogant of mind and heart makes me think of Haman. 
Absolutely. Do you just want to say a little bit about that? Is like, is the readers are about to read this and to start thinking that because we don't want to think about him as totally different than us because mm-hmm. I think we kind of learn from him. <laughs> well, Haman, um, as you'll find out, was a pretty evil person. Mm-hmm. And his problem was his pride and his arrogance. And he was one who, it, because of his ego, he expected the people who worked under him to bow down to him. So he was his own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And as you're going to find out throughout the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think there could be a little bit of Haman in each one of us, mm-hmm. uh, especially through our pride and what we expect, how we expect maybe others to treat us. And um, Also, he was a very vengeful person. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes don't we all want to seek revenge, even though we may not? Um, he did try to seek revenge, and it cost him dearly. Mm-hmm. The other thing I think that reminds me is that he was offended that he didn't get sort of the adoration that was due to God. Right. You know, that's kind of what causes him and Mordecai to have really come to to heads on that. But I always think when I am about to say I was offended by, mm-hmm. I always say that's a check on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it reminds mm-hmm. me that I need to look at why I'm offended because uh-huh. uh-huh. you tend to focus that's... on what the other person didn't or did do. I think that's great to look and see why you were offended. Haman didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Haman really didn't care who he offended. Mm -hmm. And the thing about Haman was he was a pagan. Yep. So Mm -hmm. he had no, he didn't know our God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there was no humility. He he wasn't humble. He was just prideful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then he focused just on that, the one person who didn't do what he wanted. Yes. And he also focused on um, helping his own kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so you did mention that the um, personal kingdom uh, piece, which I did want to speak to for a second. So when you read that, how, and I love Tony Evans, so how would you tell someone who's listening now how to identify their personal kingdom, when they're operating in that personal kingdom world? Mm -hmm. Well, I think you have to uh, ask yourself, where do I spend most of my time? Do I spend it in the world, world, or do I spend it, on spiritual things. Mm-hmm. Where do I spend my time? Um, building my own personal wealth, mm-hmm. kingdom, or building a kingdom that has true wealth mm-hmm. that can lead you back home. And um, that will also determine um, who you're influencing, who's around you that sees what kingdom you're living in mm-hmm. and what direction they might go in based on what they see from you, especially if they're working for you or if you're head of the family or you're head of a group, you always have to think about where am I leading people? Mm -hmm. And we're all called to be leaders. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And also too, at the end of our lives, do we want to look back and have that regretful moment that we spent all the time on the worldly kingdom? Right. You're, I, I would venture to say on your deathbed, you're not going to say, Oh, I wish I had billed a few more hours, or I wish I had invested a little more in the stock market, or I wish I had gone to a few more ball games. I don't think you're going to be saying that. Yeah. 
but you might be regretting the time you didn't spend in his word, Mm -hmm. in his sacraments, Mm -hmm. just quiet time with him. You will never regret that. Mm -hmm. You will never regret that. Yeah, that's preparation for our eternal home. That's right. Yeah, so um, another thing I want to ask you, is you said that when we feel him the least, mm-hmm. so the emotions, when our emotions and our body are like, he's not around, mm-hmm. Lord's not around, is when we need to trust him. So mm-hmm. um, you didn't use this word, but I think you meant like a decision to trust him. Mm-hmm. So we go mm-hmm. from the emotions to something more rational, make a decision. Mm-hmm. So how do you remember in the moment to make that decision to mm-hmm. trust him? Why don't you ask me an easy question? <laughs> it is proclaimed by word unplugged. That's a, that's a tough one, uh, Linda, um, because I think when you feel him the less, the least amount of time is when you're so caught up in your emotions mm. and to whatever it is that's going on around you that it's blocking you from from feeling his presence, from being able to trust him. And sometimes you just have to keep saying over and over to yourself, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I surrender everything to you. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I trust in you. And you keep saying it until you believe it. Mm. It's I've said this before, when everything's going great, it's so easy to trust him. Mm-hmm. But when things get tough, he wants you to know more than ever that he's there with you, that you can trust him. Mm-hmm. You know, you can trust him 100% of the time. He's the <laughs> only one. People can't be trusted 100% of the time, mm-hmm. can they? No. Oh, no. Not at all. But he can be. Mm-hmm. He can be. And I think he just loves it when we say, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you. And to give thanks for, not because of the situation that you're in, but to thank him for what he can bring about because of the situation. Mm -hmm. Thank him for the blessings that can come from it. Because you never know how your experience later on might help you to also help somebody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So funny you should say that, because that was something else I wanted to ask you, is... um, I think that is a question that we have. Why, if he's God and can just make anything happen, then why do we have to go like to the brink? You know, like even my situation where like I lost the workbook and I said like, why? You know, like, couldn't he just got me the right, you know, what he wanted me to get earlier? But but the same situation in this book is what they brought, you know, the, the Jewish people were brought to the brink of utter destruction. But then I, I my only sense is that then it gives you another opportunity to look back and see where, remind you to get some humility. You don't mm-hmm. have all the facts. You don't have all the information like God does. Mm-hmm. Just like God is a God of reversals, mm-hmm. I also call him a God of the last minute. <laughs> I uh, like that. He will keep you at the last moment um, when th- something the bill collector could come or, or the, mm-hmm. the, whatever the disaster is. And I guess he does it to let you know that how, no matter how dangerous the situation, no matter how dire the situation, he wants to know, first of all, he wants you to know how much you trust him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Say that again. He wants you to, you know. to know. Right. God mm-hmm. doesn't test us for his sake. Mm-hmm. He already knows us, right? He already yeah. knows what we're going to do, what we're going to say, like Abraham and mm-hmm. Isaac. Mm-hmm. 
But he tests us for our sake because he wants us to know how much faith we have, how much trust we have. And if we don't have as much as we need, that will show us what we need to work on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it all gets back to trust. And he'll take us to the limit. Mm -hmm. He will. He will. Yeah. So I think that's important because for listeners um, out there, there's something going on in your life or you're worried about that you just think he's forgotten or ha- is it's just not going to work out. And you're, you're already predicting the worst. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's the God of the last minute. He's the God of the last minute. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes people give up before getting there mm-hmm. before the situation is about to turn the corner. And, and that's what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You don't want to give up. Because that's a dev- what the devil wants you to do. That's what the devil wants you to do, but you don't want to give up. You want to keep going, mm-hmm. and then God will be there. One thing you just said I, I really loved, that he's the only one that can be trusted 100% of the time. Absolutely. I think that is important for us to remember because we spend a lot of time being so sad and trying to figure out and recollecting and what's the call what's the word um kind of re-adjudicating <laughs> of when someone wasn't you know there 100 percent of the time right. so speak to that a little bit more because i think if we had a realistic view that humans don't do that and only god does mm-hmm. i think we save ourselves a lot of angst mm-hmm. well i have good news and bad news mm-hmm. the good news is we are human mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the bad news is we are human <laughs> and we can't be trusted 100% of the time. Uh, mm-hmm. We just, it, not intentionally, I don't think we intentionally mean to allow a mistrust. Mm-hmm. We're, we're still working on being perfect, but we're not there. And God is perfect, so he can always be trusted. Mm-hmm. But we can't. I remember I had a friend tell me once how much she trusted me, and I told her, you shouldn't trust me. Oh, I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I'll let you down. Mm-hmm. Not intentionally, right? But I'll let you down, but God won't. Mm-hmm. He's the only person that can be trusted a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of like you know, picking up someone at you know they get off the train and just texting back and forth, and one says one time, one thought it was the same time but a different station. Right, right. Let you down. Didn't even yeah, mean it, but yeah. it totally can. And then the bigger the consequences. We make mistakes. We misread people. Mm-hmm. And um, usually lack of trust is not intentional. Right. It's not mm-hmm. intentional. So one other thing you mentioned that he is not hiding from us. So I one thing that kind of comes to mind when you say that is he's not hiding from us. It's like he's helping us. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. he's helping us grow to that next level. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that hiding that we're like, where are you? Where are you? I need you now. Right. It's like somebody trying to teach their uh, a toddler, their their one year old or eighteen month old, how to walk. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they'll let go of their hands mm-hmm. so that they can sense their own ability to walk on their own. Mm-hmm. To trust the parents, not going to let them fall. Yeah, but you have to let go of their hands, mm-hmm. and sometimes God has to let go of our hands mm-hmm. so that we can know that we have the strength and the courage to run to him Mm -hmm. on our own. And when we talk about assignments that we'll talk about in much more detail, we want, we always say, what does God want for me? What does God want? What's the plan? And if we want to go for higher and higher assignments, we have to keep maturing. That's right. Growing. You know, we can't keep being the toddler. Again, don't, don't just ask God what his will is Mm -hmm. for you. Ask him for the courage and the strength to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
That's the hard part. That's the hard part. <laughs> he, he's not going to give you choices. You know, mm-hmm. he's not going to say, well, pick, take one, pick one. Right. What would you rather do? Mm-hmm. So um, the other thing too, I, I just, one last question is, um, you talked about he's protecting and saving us, protecting and saving us. Um, sometimes we don't even know that he is doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, I think every minute of the day, he is protecting us mm-hmm. and saving us. He is trying through the power of the Holy Spirit to gently move us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is we can become obstinate mm-hmm. and not want to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. And that's when problems can arise. Yeah, it's so, kind of that friction, right? Hitting, this, hitting the guardrail, the absolutely. friction. Um, one last question before we get to a couple other things. Um, our hero and our heroine were definitely very far away from home, and mm-hmm. so are we. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you believe God is trying to tell us that when we're away from home? What's he trying to tell us? Don't get too comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to stay here. Don't get too comfortable. I have something much better for you, mm-hmm. especially if you're caught up in the things of the world. Yeah. They're so temporary. Mm-hmm. They're just so temporary. And I don't think he wants us to get too comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good point that you brought up, which is, you know, how they say, think, look, if you put God first, look at your checkbook, see where you spend your money. Absolutely. I think you can do that just looking at your day. How much time, you know, and we have callings that we have, you know, whether it be whatever, you know, for our mother or something or father or um, vocation from work or right. whatever it may be. But we look back and see how much time we spend on the worldly kingdom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, our, our kingdom or God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to look back. And we go through balances of time back and forth. But at the same time, um, when we start to see a pattern, Right. Where it's just about us. Right. And I'm sure you've heard the saying that if you were arrested for being a Christian, (laughs) would there be enough evidence to convict? (laughs) Well, I would hope so. so. That's the one time I would hope so, right? (laughs) Exactly. No, that's very good. So um, let's see. Before I, I think we'll do the um, closing prayer that we have. So to let everyone know, we, in the lessons one through five, we have a closing prayer in the actual Be Who God Created workbook. Mm-hmm. The introduction doesn't have one. So we have a special opportunity. We uh, chose one. And then afterwards, we'll give you a little bit more of housekeeping information. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. this is a unity prayer. My adorable Jesus, may our feet journey together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our lips pray together to gain mercy from the eternal Father. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful prayer. It is. It really is. The unity prayer, if anyone wants to have that for themselves. So join us next time as we begin our first lesson in the book of Esther. Now, don't forget to download the workbook if you haven't already done so. And also consider inviting a friend to join you in this study. Carrie, please give your website again for those listening who might have missed it earlier. ProclaimMyWord.com dot org sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's your website (laughs) 
and uh, give us something, some words to live by till next time for the podcast. Okay, until next time, remember, God has placed you here for such a time as this to fulfill your kingdom assignment. So the question is, will you be who God created you to be? Until next time, be blessed. Thank you, Carrie. No, my-